Good evening, 4th District of Cebu. This is School on the Air, bringing to you matters on the social sciences, ranging from history, politics, philosophy, and religion. I'm your host, Marlui Vincent Capulreyes. Maying gabi, mga higala. So, Karun, we have a special interview with someone who will be continuing our uh, long discussion along the way. Bahin sa 500 years of Christianity. Kung namo yung mga pangutana o mga suhestyon, you may text itong text line number. 0921-509-7412. 0921-509-7412. We are honored to have with us tonight um, someone from Sacred Heart uh, Atenea de Cebu. He is also a columnist for San Star Bacolod. You can find him in the Fringes and Frontiers column on the newspaper. And he is also editor-in-chief uh, of Favis Minda Journal. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, help me welcome uh, Sir Roderick Abelianosa. Mayang gabi, sir. Mayang gabi, Mar, and uh, to everyone who is listening to this uh, interview. Okay, sir, uh, I asked you to discuss with us kining first, kay, this is part of our sort of series uh, kiniatong programa, uh, School on the Air, and its uh, main question has to do with uh, why should we celebrate the 500 years of Christianity. But because there are many opinions regarding the legacy of Christianity, we will also talk about why not to celebrate it or should we you know, assess these critiques of the celebration. So, my first question, siempre, is um, why should we celebrate the 500 years of Christianity in the Philippines? Okay. Um, I I don't want to be very academic in the treatment of the matter, no? because I would like to believe that there are non-academics who are uh, part of your audience. Yes, but, sir. Uh, in a way, I will try to develop an argument that uh, that would also make sense. Okay, we'll strike the balance between uh, something that is academically grounded, but not too academic uh, to the point that it is no longer comprehensible to to don't have the flavor in their way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's focus first on the word celebration before before Christianity, huh? Uh, I guess it would not be difficult for people to understand if I would ask the question, uh, or siguro I won't ask the question, but rather state it uh, declaratively, that uh, when you celebrate something, you celebrate something because that something has a meaning for you, right? Right? Let's let's have some specific examples. You celebrate your birthday. Uh, you celebrate your birthday because your birthday is meaningful uh, to you, as as well as to other people who are within the innermost circle of your existence as a person. You celebrate uh, the religious f- festivities that make meaning to you, uh, like Good Friday. But for people who don't believe that uh, the first Good Friday was a salvific event, uh, they would not celebrate it. For example, those who don't believe in God. 
So there is a connection between celebration and meaning. Celebrations have an existential dimension. Okay? But then when we say that uh, something has meaning, you know, meaning does not develop overnight. Okay? Uh, acquire meaning as a matter of uh, in, in an instance, no? Me meaning is not a one-shot deal. Meaning uh, goes through a process of evolution. It also has an evolution uh, of its own. And why am I mentioning this? I'm mentioning this because I think when you would, if you would like to answer the question whether whether we should celebrate the 500 years of Christianity in the Philippines whether you take that to mean as the arrival, the first baptism, evangelization. For me, these are matters that we better leave to historians uh, for hair splitting. But whatever it means, uh, the question I think is, can we say that as a country or as a people, our meaning as a country or as a people can honestly exclude Christianity. Okay. The point we can still call ourselves a Filipino nation while at the same time putting Christianity in brackets. I think to say, and this is uh, the quite academic part I think already, can you conceive of Philippines as Philippines, Philippines as such, without Christianity? Can you study Philippine history without Christianity? I'm not saying that Christianity does not have any contribution to the problems of Philippine society. I would say that it, it does have uh, contributions. I would say even a number of contributions to our problems, to the problematic views that we may have as a people. But then, again, can we conceive of Philippines okay, or of Philippines without Christianity? And I think you know what the answer to the question is. Uh, Philippine Christianity is closely intertwined with Philippine history so that it is inconceivable to speak Philippine history without Christianity as an integral component of it. So therefore, the celebration of the 500th presence of Christianity in the Philippines is also a celebration of, in a way, the Filipino nation, no? not necessarily the Philippine Republic, which was, I believe, was formally established in 1898. And in fact, the 500th year would even tell us that the notion, the concept of being a, of being a, of being Philippines, okay, uh, predates the existence of the Philippine Republic in its uh, juridical or uh, political terms. So I, I think I'll, I'll cut my uh, parang, uh, point up to that. You may want to uh, ask follow-up questions in relation to the things that I have raised. Yes, I actually have a few in mind because I noticed that in your flow of discussion, I think we can also say that there are reasons not to celebrate 
the 500 years because it depends on what it means to the individual or to the group of people because because uh by asking this question of why should we celebrate or maybe uh why should we care no uh it 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 uh it provokes this notion that maybe this event is so tied and ingrained as you said to the history to the to the nature of the Filipino nation so my question for this one would be uh sir uh what can you say to those for example who think that uh celebrating this might be a betrayal to the very uh to the very struggles of the let's say for example the nationalist movement the revolutionaries who were opposing the the spanish uh, colonial government or who were opposing the friars because uh that will pop up inevitably as a reason maybe not to celebrate so how do you respond to that sir well uh in in the practical level all i can say is that if you don't want to celebrate it then then don't i mean uh you know nobody is forcing you you know uh like he, he, there's a birthday you're invited to to the birthday of the one well, the invitation is something that you can decline. So, if you don't want to attend the birthday, then, then don't, don't, don't celebrate it. it for, for me, it's as simple as that. I've been reading uh, columns and Facebook postings. Uh, well, there are many good arguments, but you know, others are, for me, just mimics you know, uh, the better arguments. So that uh, sometimes I am led to conclude that you know, if you really do not want to celebrate the 500th anniversary of Christianity, then all I can say is, is don't. But uh, sige, if we are to look at the balance sheet, and if we are to ask ourselves between celebrating it and not celebrating it, uh, which one do you think is more attuned to our life as a nation? I would still argue in favor of celebrating it. But I really cannot conceive a Philippines that does not consider that does not, uh, in a way, acknowledge, at the very least acknowledge, the role of Christianity in our life as a people. I've been using the term Christianity. I'm not using the word colonialism because I think that is another uh, matter and that is another thing to discuss or another matter for discussion. Now, with regard to what you mentioned, that uh, it betrays, um, I think those who are of that position will have to come up with a solid and an elaborate defense of their view or of their position. Because I really do not think that celebrating the presence of Christianity in the Philippines is a betrayal of the revolution. Because, uh, number one, can you tell me of a book, okay, that's, that the revolution was a revolution against Christianity per se? I mean, I'm not asking you to answer that question, but I am throwing that question for anybody who might be interested to engage in the discussion. Or again, let me tighten my argument by saying, can you give me a book or can you tell me of a book that can prove that the revolution was absolutely, okay? I, I am qualifying my argument. Absolutely a revolution against Christianity per se. If you read Reynaldo Eleto's Passion, Passion and Revolution, Eleto would in fact tell you that the revolution 
uh, that took place was inspired by religious elements, by Christian elements. And the uh, Pasyon itself is Christian in, in origin. The revolutionaries saw themselves as uh, sharing in the Pasyon of uh, the Lord. A revolution was a struggle just like the road to crucifixion because these people were uh, deeply oriented to the reading of the Passion. So I know that there are some historians and I'm not gonna name them here. Anyway, this is not an, a purely academic uh, enterprise uh, that try to paint the revolutionaries as, in the words of Ileto, uh, clinch-fisted uh, uh, individuals, uh, like, like ideologues. But I think uh, that kind of reading is more of our reconstruction coming from our bias uh, rather than um, an accurate portrayal of what really happened during the revolution. should also pay attention to what John Schumacher, for example, uh, has produced, uh, the, that uh, well-written book uh, titled Revolutionary Clergy. Uh, there were clergymen who were participants of the revolution. It's true that partly it was a revolution against the clergy, but it was not entirely, absolutely a revolt against Christianity in all its senses. Because if you would argue, or if anyone would argue that it was a revolution against Christianity, how would you explain that Christianity survived after the revolution? Okay, uh, Why didn't Filipinos abandon Christianity and go back to their, um, their way of life, or their worldview? Of course, argue that it has been 300 plus years and that they have been, you know, acculturated. Even then, no, if, if Christianity was that bad, if it was that evil, uh, something in the process must have made the people not embrace it, but rather reject it. So that brings me back to, the, back to my question. When we speak of building the nationhood, can you really say that totally Christianity does not mean anything to the people in this country? I'd, I'd say that it, it did contribute to the, to the many problems. It does contribute to the many problems that we have. It, it may have exacerbated some of the cultural defects that we may have, but then I would not also say entirely that it is the reason for all the miseries and all the woes that we have so that we should not celebrate at least anything about it. So I think I should answer your question now, and I would in a way unfortunately say, or sadly for those who may not be happy with this, that I don't find any reason not to celebrate it. All right, sir. Uh, I asked this question because, and we'll go into the second part of our discussion about colonialism because inevitably we will go there. Uh, because it seems as though there are two kinds of uh, quincentennials, 500-year celebrations. We have the 500-year celebration of Christianity's arrival. But I think, and if I'm reading this correctly from the government, it is also the 500-year uh, 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 commemoration or the remembrance of the arrival of Ferdinand Magellan himself, or and therefore first contact with European powers. Now, that leads me to ask, uh, are we celebrating two different 
quincentennials or is there a way to tie them and also if does tying them also indicate that we celebrate colonialism sorry for many questions but yeah i have going there sir you know um i remember it was nine if, if, if i was not born then but i i do have a a memorabilia so to speak uh, I think that was 1965. The, the country celebrated, I don't think it was the 400, 400th, no? But anyway, it, it celebrated, you, you, you can check and you can review, no? I'm not, I'm not a professional historian, although I do love history. But there's a point in, I don't know, 1960s, 1965. It must be 1965. Uh, in fact, that's the same year when the when when the Santo Nino Church was uh, made a basil and the, the legate of the Pope, Cardinal Antinuete, came here. The celebration was called uh, celebration, let me just use the term celebration, the celebration of the evangelization of the Philippines. And, the, and, and history would tell you, and the memorabilia would tell you, that both the, the church and the state celebrated the event using the same terminology, evangelization. Why am I mentioning this? I'm trying to say that during that time, there was less quarrel between the church and state on matters like this. Parang the, the secular character of the Philippine state was not fully developed. Okay. Now, this is just my opinion, but you can contest my opinion. Especially under this administration, there seems to be an assertion of the secular character of the state that the state does not want to celebrate a religious event. But you know what? The way I see it, no matter how much the state would like to secularize the event, it cannot fully uh, sweep under the rug the religious dimension so that as you said there is apparently there are apparently two quincentennials and that's understandable because the state in my opinion does not want to celebrate the quincentennial of christianity but if we want to be more honest in our analysis of the matter is it really the case that there are two quincentennials? Did the Spaniards who arrived in the Philippines 500 years ago arrive in two batches? They did not. They arrived all together as agents of the Spanish crown and as agents of Christianity. So my explanation is there are two quincentennials as you perceive it because the state would like to have a secular flavor of its celebration. But you cannot also deprive the church of its prerogative to celebrate the matter from a religious point of view. And because of the separation of the church and state, I think that is the most logical explanation. In fact, it's 
Philippine state, kung dili na to celebrate ang 500 years as the arrival of Christianity. So, and I think, uh, with all these developments in the way we look at things, uh, we don't want to say uh, we were discovered, etc. Then, atuan ang gihinganlan o victory and humanity. But, uh, well, ako, okay, ramasad ko, anas. I, I don't want to quarrel many people. But, ang ako lasad nga, I see something um, inasunable mong gula ng victory and humanity. Naabagod yun tay historical nga proof nga mulid nga kanina nga itong victory and humanity in in a way essential uh, to an essential character nga murag, ma-relate na to nga to ni Lako. Like, kini, uh, well, the historians can contest this. Kanang wingon ka nga si Lako-Lako represents for the victory and humanity of the country. Uh, katong pagpatay niya ni Magellan, uh, did he do it bagod as a Filipino? Or did he do it as out of his natural instinct to defend himself and and his people from any perceived aggression or invasion? Ang concept sa nationhood came or followed later. No, It was not conceived uh, right there and then when, when Lapu-Lapu felt and that he and his people should defend themselves from any form of atrocity or aggression that are coming their that are coming uh, their way kanang victory and human ato na lang nang gimugna-mugna in order to in a way come up with uh, a reconstruction of how we want to interpret that event so mura og bag-o na siya nato nga gimo what's the implication ana well that is the starting point of how, how to see ourselves in the future as a people with sovereignty, with independence. But you know, uh, whether that is uh, something that will make sense, that Filipinos can relate to, all I can say is uh, only time will tell. And uh, you need a leap of for that. I see. Because uh, in asking this very interesting observation, also to make to point this out, I'm also, because I, as I've read from the uh, state not really statement as you said uh, victory in humanity no mauto ilahang kining rock tagline konohay it i don't know um from reading it, it and it's something that i want to bring up uh it is as though we it's as though by secularizing the the commemoration of christianity's arrival christianity and spain's arrival we are doing two things first we might be um we might be tempting people to suggest that uh colonialization can be something uh something of an achievement, a mark for the start of sorts of our nationhood, or maybe that it's something to be remembered in the sense that, okay, I think we'll take light of 333 years of Spanish dominance. No? That's one, that's one uh, implication. The second, uh, for me, is that we might be oversimplifying the, the let's just say, the, the scope of this whole, this whole thing. I'll just say thing, because for one, we assume that the as you say before, sir, Lapu-Lapu's uh, victory is perceived as some sort of national struggle. But then, we might ignore the interests behind behind it all. For example, the interests of the, um, of, the, of, the, of the chief himself to protect himself, as you said, from invasion. And also the politics of pre-colonial Cebu, which is something we should at least bear in mind each time we discuss interactions between Magellan and the early Filipino people at the time. 
and also and this is something that we should remember as well in in reading Magellan this was an expedition that had encountered many casualties and problems so 1521 was the year that Magellan his crew and what how many priests one or a few arrived brought Christianity and the presence of the Spanish crown but it came from this these setbacks so and I'm asking another kind of uh, why should we question here sir why should we commemorate the arrival of Ferdinand Magellan for example given the background of his voyage is it simply because of his impact or maybe not just celebrate or commemorate maybe we should look deeper into this what do you think sir yeah I, I think uh, it is clear to me where people are coming from no uh, it's more of the effects of uh, colonization that should not be that should not be celebrated and I think uh, in in a whole this this is anti-colonial discourse and now you have the there's post-colonial uh, uh, the decolonial uh, in fact I participate in France that it is it's not uh, is not a discourse that is exclusively Filipino in fact we're quite late on that uh, you can see this even in uh, how uh, many Americans uh, have uh, disdained uh, for example, uh, the, the canonization of uh, Junpero Serra, uh, who for them is not a symbol of sainthood, but rather of colonialism. So I, I'm saying this is this is not new. But uh, for me, you, the 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 more. Um, the more damaging thing to humanity is if you will be made between two, two extremes. I don't think uh, we can celebrate anything if we will be made to choose between two extremes. I mean, you just cannot view the arrival of Magellan purely, purely and exactly as a, as a matter of colonization. Of course, it, it was. It was part of the colonial project. But are you also to deny the fact that, in a way, what he did, whether he did it actively or passively, or as one noted Filipino historian would say, nga nasaag siya sa Pilipinas. Okay, I will not name the historian. Mutantang nasaag to siya. Isn't it that even if nasaag to siya, something opened and something happened? And that still, uh, even if, uh, as Resil Muharis would say, uh, it was or it led to colonization, isn't it that that colonization was also our entry into the world of globalization? So that a country that is colonized is a practically is, is practically a globalized. That, that's what Muharis says in, in his book, uh, I, I, um, not, not the book, but the essay, no? Uh, Marking turns. I, I I forgot the exact title. Um, so in a way, something still happened, and I and I think uh, that which happened is still worth remembering. Uh, this, this is my position. Now, are we to celebrate the ramifications of that? Oh, well, that's a that's a different story. That's another story. We can we can uh, we can be of the same stand, for example, in the rejection of slavery. 
or in the rejection of the atrocities that were uh, made by the Spaniards or the effects uh, of uh, whatever uh, negative decisions that the Spanish crown had on life as a country. But then my, my point is uh, you just cannot be made to choose between black and white no? or uh, an entirely anti-colonial choice on the one hand and an entirely pro-colonial choice on the other hand. I mean, there are just many things to also acknowledge and therefore in between. So, sir, can this can can we uh, say, for example, that we can se separate the legacy of Christianity from the legacy of Spanish colonialism? These are different agendas. That, that's very clear. Uh, different agenda, but because and this is how some would say there is the causality, no, that the boat that brought Magellan also brought the Santonino, the boat that brought Legaspi and his crew brought the cross and established Christianity further. Uh, can we say that there's a separation between the two? Or if there isn't, how do we reconcile with this uh, conflicting legacy? You know, when, when a person dies, uh, some people would would give a eulogy for that person. When you give eulogy to, or rather for the person, the word eulogy good words okay good, good statements good things about the person uh you would not ask anymore how bad things that the person did okay so this is my point if we see something uh, something meaningful um are we to say that we we also need to highlight and that we have to keep on highlighting the negative things uh, also because we have to make the celebration complete? Uh, again, you don't need to answer that, but I'm asking that question as a question for analytic reflection. You're correct when you say that it's the same boat that brought the two things here. But but exactly, now that we have to look back at that event as something that has also opened up our world, also as a, as a segment that we cannot deny as part of country's life, is it also necessary to surface the other things that need not be included in the celebration? Now, if it is really the case that we need to, because we cannot also be very honest if we would not acknowledge the the not so good okay, consequences of colonization to our country, I think it would be more nation building on our part if we discuss them as learning points. I'm using the term learning points for, so that it can be un understood by the broader uh, composition of the audience as learning points that are part of our celebration other than as arguments against the celebration. There is this statement that many people would love 
to repeat. You can throw baby with the bath water. If we are in the process of purifying or bathing our country from the so many impurities that we had, including those that were contributed by Christianity, I don't think just because of our desire for purification, uh, we have to also throw out of the window or down the drain the many good things that Tianyi has contributed to Turkey and Spain as well. Urban planning, for example, is Spanish contribution. Uh, how did the kind of uh, urban spacing that we have start? You think that started the Americans? Certainly not. This did not also start with the pre-colonial Pinos. To read another Jesuit historian, Jose Arcilia, he would tell you this started with the way Spaniards conceived on of how to arrange people and the Pueblo. Is that? Of course, there could be a political drop for that. But should we be very ideological to the point that we won't acknowledge anymore that is also a contribution to our country? Higher education, for example. I mean, you are interviewing me about these things. Got the capacity to view me things because you studied the University of San Carlos, which, as it claims, traces its origin to the Colegio Semillo Colegio de San Carlos, which, as again your university claims, may possibly may possibly because it is controversial, debate very debatable, but grant its claim. To the Cayo de San Ildefonso that was founded by the Jesuits in 1595. Where does Philippine education from? Where did it evolve from? Of course, you can argue that, well, if the Spaniards did not come, eventually the Philippines, the Filipinos, but we cannot even say exactly that we would be called Philippines if granting the colonization did not happen. Uh, that they could have conceived their own of their, their own way of educating themselves. But all I can say is that may sound interesting and that sound marvelous, but practically and strictly speaking, is purely speculative. And there is no point for us to talk and discuss about speculations in the academic sphere. Okay, uh, that's a really interesting take. It, it, it also tells us that the reading of history should be broadened a bit more, no? Um, so just to conclude our uh, discussion because kinayatong topic kay Laumsad siya siguro we will never answer all of these questions but maybe uh, as a bit of a of a let's say as a bit of a rejoinder something to also maybe conclude I would like to ask you sir uh, if for example I'm speaking also because there are many Catholic siguros atong audience who would be confronted with this sort of dilemma uh, and, and they want to to explain properly to people um, how do we understand the colonial le- not the colonial legacy the the five hundred year uh, legacy of Christianity 
without sounding as though we ignore uh, I mean I'm interested to say without ignoring the consequences of colonialism because um at times when we talk about the Catholic Church for example when we talk about you know praising the good works of the pre and there's a tendency for some to be skeptical and say um okay even if you argue that uh there, the goods of the, the good things of the church are there even if you argue Christian charity there's also the hospitals educational facilities but their involvement in for example not all I'm, I'm looking at it this way but the involvement of some priests for example in the colonial project should probably uh, would probably alarm people so I would like to ask how do we confront the the difficult conflicting and uh, challenging legacy of the faith of millions of people to eh, how do we confront it especially in conversations so that so that sir these conversations like what we have here right now can be uh can be easily transmitted na no sa ubang mga uh, context sa, sa balay sa eskwelahan etc mm, yeah uh, two points one um let me begin with with the first one. Um, I think the I think the reform should come from the reform should come from the church itself, and this is where I I would uh, slant towards the critical side of of the spectrum. Okay, that. The 500 years or the quincentennial of Christianity should not just be a celebratory matter, okay? That, yeah, we, we acknowledge and we cannot, you know, not acknowledge, but it should not be celebratory. It cannot just be limited to liturgies. That's also a sad thing. Uh, that is also uh, not doing justice to Christianity because by now we should have learned that Christianity isn't just the repetition of uh, our pietistic activities. This is not just even about the Santonino, the images, etc. This is not just even about the beauty of culture, the fashion that's left by uh, Christianity in our culture or that has been uh, ingrained or embedded uh, as part of the Spanish contribution to our culture. There should also be reforms. That is why I went into that other initiative that you're familiar with, that 100 and beyond. Yes. Because for me, this is just a celebration of the 500th year of Christianity's arrival. It should also open us to more doors that would allow us to see greater prospects for Christianity to really be a transformative agent in our society and if you are asking for concrete uh, terms uh, for this to be better understood by the audience it say that uh, a lot of things have to be done for example in our church allows uh, non-ordained uh, to take greater participation in its decision making decision in the area of decision making in its life as a church this one uh the role of women okay the the still identifiable disconnect between 
academic institutions and the society want to transform. Uh, the question whether universities have a predilection for the poor or whether they are agents of capitalism. Uh, that, that is a serious question to answer. So the key to the celebration is none other than Christianity itself. And if by Christianity we mean the kind of Christianity that was brought by the Spaniards to this country, then we are speaking about Roman Catholicism in its very in, in, in specific terms. Okay? And specific the Roman Catholicism that we have here. Uh, emphasis on uh, on social justice and how we connect our fight for justice, uh, for example, to popular religiosity. So popular religiosity itself, like the devotion to the Santo Nino, should be liberated from some oppressive elements that have been mixed with it so that should not be part of the oppressive system in the course of our celebration of it. So, because and I think until and unless sanity is liberated from uh, its colonial roots, then uh, people will continue saying that they're going celebrating its presence in, in a way. And maybe in the sixth year, people will finally really give up uh, celebrating Christianity. So Christianity is the key itself. I have a caveat also. No? I have a warning also. Can we respect too much from Christianity? Uh, aren't we expecting too much from Christianity? Uh, it's clear that my internet connection is unstable, so please inform me if I'm lost. Yes, uh, yes. Aren't we expecting too much also from Christianity if all of the problems in this country would be tied or added to Christianity? I don't think it's also fair to say that because, you know, there are also countries that are non-Christian or that majority of its population uh, are not Christian, is not Christian, and they too have problems. There are also countries that are uh, secular, secularized, but then they too have problems. I think this will now require a much broader discussion. That you know what? Human problems or the problems of the world may not just be because of community in, in particular or religion in general. I mean, so long as we live, there will always be problems. It's just that, siguro, religion can sometimes, if not even most of the times, uh, exacerbate that problem. Or that religion is just a reflection of human predicament. And that requires more reflections on our part. And so the better question is, if the goal is for us to be freed and to be liberated, which, by the way, is more of a process rather than a deal, I think a better question is, how can we celebrate the 500th year of Christianity's presence in the Philippines and at the same time deeply respect 
on how Christianity should be part of what should be liberated 500 years after. Okay, that was a really strong point, no? How we can liberate Christianity also from its limitations and confines. Uh, this is a challenge, siguro, that we can take up to our audience, kato sa nagminaw karon sa kinina programa. Uh, if you have, of course, any concerns uh, to bring up, you may text here sa tong uh, text line number 0921-509-7412. 0921-509-7412. And we will discuss this thoroughly during the program, of course. Uh, sir, uh, thank you so much for entertaining my questions and siguro the questions of the audience. And we look forward to more discussions like this, uh, 500 years and beyond, no? so that we can hopefully clarify history. And, siyempre, para sa uh, our faith can be expressed more authentically, especially during this time. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you, and do continue this very meaningful endeavor of yours. Thank you again, sir. So this has been Marlowe Vincent Reyes signing out. Keep learning. Find the fun along the way. You've just heard another edition of The School on the Air over 91.7 News and Music FM. Thank you and enjoy your Sunday. <laughs>